Hello and welcome to the Rams Review Podcast. Discussion, insights, analysis, all passion, all derby. Some decisions are black and white. Let's get stuck in. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the Rams Review Podcast and of course today it's got that international feel um, as we are here with Tom from Total Swans TV. Tom, how are we? Very well, thank you guys. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Corey as always. Jason, I'm not the only international partner today. How are you? No, this I'm good, thank you mate. No, exactly. Um, and of course we're here, um, we're here for the Swansea City Review uh, for Wednesday night at Pride Park. Um, there's a few things that we, a few things to talk about today. I want to actually start. It's not the normal way we'd start, but I have to ask you, Tom. After the result yesterday, of course, the um, the South Wales derby. If you can, if you can class it as a South Wales derby, you're about two hours apart. But you know, if you if you can class it as that, um, got to get your thoughts on that game first of all. Any any win in a derby is, is special, uh, especially at the Cardiff City Stadium. I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean. We are a little bit closer than two hours. Uh, there's about a 50-odd mile uh, separation between us down the M4, so it's just about under an hour, I suppose, um, and I'm right smack bang in the middle. Um, I'm literally between the two cities, so I get a lot of Cardiff fans, a lot of Swansea fans around me. Um, and being a Swansea fan, growing up around here, wasn't really a norm uh, with Cardiff being the bigger team back in the 90s. But uh, as you say, Derby Day yesterday, a fantastic result. Um, uh, any Derby Day victory is a very good uh, a very good day, but in the manner, the style and the professionalism that Swans conducted themselves yesterday, um, it was amazing to watch. Uh, we completely uh, nullified Cardiff. They didn't allow, we didn't allow them to have, um, play their style of football, which is a lot of hoofball. Um, I think tactically yesterday, they tried to change it up a little bit. There was a few... Um, passes of play, which, to be fair to them, were very, very interesting and very, uh, very neat and intricate. But um, they mixed up their style of play, but it did not matter. Uh, whatever Steve Cooper's plans were yesterday, were executed to perfection. Um, and it was, it was an enjoyment, a very enjoyable game to watch. Um, obviously, a nice early goal, six minutes in from Jamal Lowe, settled an awful lot of of our nerves. Um, and it played out really well. Obviously, a red card during the game as well, which is always good to see on Derby Day. Unfortunately, no fans in there. Um, but 2-0 at the end, another Jamal low goal, uh, solo goal towards the end of the game. Um, just capped off a very good and tidy performance for us. And very, very happy to get another good result uh, over our local rivals. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I caught the highlights. Certainly that second goal from Jamal Lowe. It just looks like the ball is glued to him. I don't know if you've seen it, Corey. It reminds me of a, it reminds me of a young Paolo Wanchop. Just the way he ran through Cardiff's defence there. And there was, a, there was a couple of tackles that went in and you were like, how's he still... How's he still got the ball? You know, I mean, that obviously takes that takes skill and, and, and everything else. So, obviously, we'll go on to this in a little bit later, but he might be, might, might be the one to watch on, on Wednesday for Derby. But, yeah, I, I must admit, I, did, I, watched the, uh, I watched the highlights. Thought, thought Swansea played excellently, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, and, you know, obviously, probably, in all fairness, from people looking at it from the outside, continued... Tom, what has been a, a pretty solid start for Swansea so far this season, wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. I mean, we've had a couple of disappointing results uh, where the performances have been there. Um, losing 1-0 to Norwich is certainly a highlighted game. Um, 
Norwich not playing the best football, which they haven't really been doing this season, but they're still top of the table, getting results, grinding out performances. Um, so that was a disappointing result for us. We could could have taken our chances and you know won that game, maybe 2-0, 2-1. Um, losing to Borough was disappointing. Um, and again, also, we lost to Huddersfield two, two results, which have been sort of speed bumps in our progression this season. Um, but you can't, you can't win them all. Um, you know, you're not the Invincibles. Um, but a very, very positive start to the season going again, you know, taking off the back of last season with our playoff push. Um, disappointing end to the season not to make it into the playoffs. Um, credit to Brentford, they, they played better than us on that second game. But we've continued our style of play, um, our desire to have possession football, play attractive football, bring our wingers and our um, right wing backs and our left wing backs into the attacking threat. Um, and it's, it is bringing positive results and it's, it's really nice attracting football. We're not dominating games as much as we have in previous seasons with possession. Um, but again, like a few other teams at the top of the table, we are grinding out those results. Um, and it's really pleasing. It has been a very good, positive start to the season. I think most Swansea fans at the start would have aimed um, and had their eyes uh, set on the playoffs. We're up into third. You know, we're in that top playoff position at the moment. Um, Bournemouth are flying on goal difference, which is keeping us out of, I think, the top two. Um, but we, we are up there. You know, we're, we're amongst those teams that have just come down from the Premier League. Um, our finances are nothing compared to them. Our uh, squad depth is nothing compared to them. So overall, it's, it's a really positive, promising start to the season. You know, we're coming up to, we're not too far off halfway through the season now. Uh, a few more games to go. So see where we are at the halfway point and uh, if we're still up there, but, you know, at that, at that uh, point of the season, then let's set our targets a little bit higher and hopefully try and get into the top two come the end of the season. But it's a long, long progressive uh, a season ahead of us um, with a transfer window just around the corner as well. So anything, anything can happen. I'd have to agree. I think, Corey, I, um, I think we've spoken about this before. You know, p possession football, in, in certainly in the Championship over the last two two so years, it doesn't matter if you're having 60-70% possession anymore. It doesn't doesn't guarantee you a result. In And Derby can be advocates of that. Yesterday, I think it was something like 66% possession against against Stoke, and we just didn't have the killer instinct in the end. Um, but yeah, I, d I don't necessarily think whilst it's always great for the fans to watch i suppose and it's you know it's attractive that you're sort of bossing the game it's a lot more a lot more about putting it in the net um and obviously at the minute Swansea are doing that uh, <clears throat> one thing i wanted to mention before we kind of go to today's Swansea uh, as you say it's not a bad follow on from what was in in larger successful campaign last season and of course, one of the, probably the big parts of Swansea City certainly forward line last season uh, left left who was obviously on loan. Um, I'm presuming Jamal Lowers kind of stepped up to the plate um, to take to take over. Um, how, how have how has he been uh, for the rest of the season so far? Um, and you know how have Swansea, by the looks of it, coped quite well? Uh, how have Swansea coped uh, without Brewster up front? Um, it's a massive, massive talking point for Swans fans, um, having an out-and-out -out goal scorer. Uh, we've got natural finishers in the team with Andre Ayew uh, and Jamal Lowe. Uh, we've got the attacking midfield, which thankfully they're contributing towards a couple of goals. Our, our wing-backs are also getting involved with a few goals. Um, but, you know, obviously loaning in Rian Brewster last year, um, we touched on it just before the game, uh, just before the podcast with Corey. Um, I think 18 games, 12 goals um, for a, a player stepping down into a more physical, demanding, um, you know, 
a busy period of football going into that to that last stretch after lockdown. Um, it's something new for him being a, a first team starter. Um, and he had a lot of weight on his shoulders as, as you know, with his age and he delivered as far as we're concerned. Um, you know, we touched on it, Corey, saying maybe it would be better for Brewster and Liverpool if he had done another loan move to a, a club similar to us and not made a, you know, a 25 or 24 million pound move um, and to be a, a regular a front man for Sheffield United who were doing absolutely nothing. Um, but Jamal's come in. Um, he's not necessarily taken off, um, you know, taken up that uh, number nine role of the out-and-out goal scorer, but he's playing the wing, the wing position with Andre on the opposite side. They're both drifting in. We're playing without a recognised uh, striker for most of our games. We do have uh, Victor Yorkerez uh, on the bench who we signed in the summer, but so far, unfortunately for him, he hasn't been able to make the most of his opportunities when, when given. Um, hopefully, he can you know, put the ball in the back of the net because there's nothing worse than you know, bringing in a striker and him going almost the entire season, if not the whole season, without putting the ball in the back of the net. It's not good for the club. It's not good for that player's uh, mentality. Um, and you, know, you want your players who are coming in, picking up, uh, being the goal-scoring um, target. You want them guys to be scoring your goals. And unfortunately... We haven't got that out-and-out goal scorer. So Jamal and Andre, between the two of them, I think Andre has seven goals. Jamal getting the brace yesterday takes his tally up to four. Um, so 11 between two wingers, no recognised striker. is is a decent return, I think, but their contribution towards the team's performance um, and the determination in, in getting a result is probably what's um, the biggest advantage of having them both on the field. Um, I, obviously, I do a lot, sorry, I do a lot of like live streams for the games. And people have come into the chat and said, oh, Jamal's not scoring. He needs to hit form. He needs to do this. But you've got to look at the other dynamic of the game, what he brings. He's fast. He's strong. He holds the ball up really well for the midfield to, to get um, and bring onto the attack. So I, I, build, I built him up on the live streams. I've praised him quite an awful lot. I've stuck with him. And yesterday just goes to show that it just takes that one game for that player to hit the form. And hopefully now... You know, hopefully he can get three against Derby on Wednesday. That's that. That's the next. You know, that's the target next for him. But you just got to push on. You've just got to push on. And if he doesn't score in the next two games, so be it. As long as he is putting in the effort and the performance, um, and helping the team get positive results, then you can't really ask for much more. So. No, no, I fully agree with you. I mean, obviously, so the difference there, you were saying, not really playing with a recognised striker. Has that changed the way that Swansea played from last season, or is it? You know, have they just a Steve Cooper, who I think is. You know, he's working wonders uh, with Swansea at the moment. Have you just, you know, found a found another way to win games, I suppose? I mean, I think even prior to January last season, before Brewster coming in, we sort of had to have, play this sort of, um, you know, this attacking threat. We had other wingers at the time at the club. Um, it was working. Steve Cooper has done, to be fair to him, he's, he is almost a tactical genius at the moment with what he's got to work with how he's performing with what he's got to work with and the expectations are just going up from Swansea fans and probably from the board. Um, his name is, 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 is growing. Um, his reputation is getting better. I just hope no one comes in and swoops in for him because Graham Potter did a phenomenal job. Steve Cooper's doing an awesome job, both with bare bone squads um, and no finances to improve on them really. So he's doing a good job and mixing up, you know, whether we're playing um, five at the back or three at the back with the, the, the three in midfield or the, th or the two in midfield, the attacking uh, midfield role as well. Whatever we're doing at the moment, whatever decisions Cooper is, is selecting, um, it's working. I mean, he's not 
the biggest gambler and roller of dice when it comes to substitutions in games and chopping and changing too many formations once he's got his game plan set out. But he's also not too afraid to do that as well. Like Victor Yorkerez has come on um, one or two games and Jamal Lowe has gone off. So, you know, it's kind of brought two up front with Andre Ayew um, and Victor Yorkerez. Our formation has changed during games, but it, we are getting results. As I say, disappointing to get three defeats. Um, but even in two of those defeats, we've performed really, really well. Only the one I'd say we've really deserved to lose this season. Um, but whatever changes Cooper is making, it, it's working at the moment. We're sitting third in the league, so I don't think we can, don't think we can really argue with his, his decisions. Yeah, Tom, a player that you just mentioned there that I wanted to touch on, uh, you touched on a little bit brief, a little bit earlier on, Andre Aryu. Um, is he the best player in the championship, and what's he bring to Swansea? For me, definitely, and uh, no, I made my my uh, my opinions heard on the second tier podcast last week. Um, yeah, for me, he is. He absolutely is. He's a superstar uh, for us. What he adds to the game without scoring goals, um, he just he's a workhorse. His defensive duties. Um, if you watch most of, like if you watch the highlights of our games, corners that go against us, Andre will probably be the person who's clearing heading heading clear two or three of those, you know, five or six corners of the game. Um, whether he's up top scoring goals, getting on headers and flicking the ball on, uh, running up the wing, killing time in the corner, um, winning corners out of absolutely nothing. Um, he's come on as a substitution once in, in this season so far. And I think we were trailing at the time 1-0. As soon as he came on, he equaled the game up within about 10 minutes. He scored an absolutely fantastic goal. Bursting down the right wing, cutting in on his left-hand side, which is his favourite foot. If you see him cutting in, uh, from the right-hand side of the box onto his left-hand foot, watch out, there's a shot coming. He's a, he's a bit of a greedy player. I'd say that's probably changed a bit more this season. Um, a lot of people see him as a mercenary and is just after, you know, wanting glory for himself. But when you've got that kind of qualities, you can't deny him the opportunities as well. Um, but for me, I think he's up there. Certainly, best two players in the, in the division. Um, there's, there's, on form... He's probably not the best, but overall, I'd say um, he's certainly he's Premier League quality, and he's up there as the best, one of the best two players in the division. Yeah, I think he was he was obviously had a decent time in the Premier League with with Swansea and West Ham as well, and and I I think he is phenomenal. And when he cuts in on his left foot, there is a lot of danger there, and he does bring, like you say, a lot more to the table than just the attacking instincts as well. He's always willing to put a shift in defensively and and do the kind of grafting and hard work and that, that kind of unsung leadership stuff as well off the ball to, to G up the players. Um, looking at the Swansea squad, you know, there are actually quite a few names here. Um, you've got Freddie Woodman in goal, fantastic young goalkeeper. You've got Mark Gurhey, uh, the loanee from Chelsea. You've got Yen Danda. You've got Morgan Gibbs-White on loan from Wolves. Um, who are the other, who are the other danger men other than Jamal Lowe and Andre Aryu? Uh, at the moment this season, you've got to watch out for our wing-backs. Connor Roberts, an absolute workhorse. How that guy turns over the performances he does uh, game after game, whether it's on the international stage for Wales, uh, and then a few days later for the Swans, his performance levels do not drop. Um, yesterday, he made uh, a bit of a mistake in, in, a, in a pass um, in the final third of our own, our own half. He played a ball. It wasn't across the box, but it was as dangerous as... Um, Cardiff picked the ball up. They got through on goal. They they had an opportunity to score. Thankfully, Mark Guy he got the block. Um, but Connor Connor Roberts for sure is definitely definitely one of our most dangerous men. I mean, he got the assist on the goal yesterday from a header. 
uh, which was completely blindsided um, by the sun. He, how he could see the ball coming to him, I have no idea. But he got his head onto it, squared it across the penalty box uh, for Jamal Lowe to tap in to make it 1-0. Jake Bidwell, an absolute danger down that left-hand side. Connor and uh, Jake, between the two of them, they're midfielders. They're wide right midfielders who are further up the pitch more often than not than Jamal Lowe and Andre Ayew. Um, Definitely more that more often than not than one of them. There's only ever um, on the counter attack one of those players uh, in advanced positions. Um, if we only had Morgan Gibbs White back in the team, I think we could possibly be top of the table. He's been a phenomenal um, asset to the team at least the start of the season that he had that injury um, really set him back. Jay Fulton um, in midfield is a massive asset to us. He like games like yesterday, doesn't get a lot of um, talk from the commentators, so he kind of goes uh, quiet throughout the games. But when you watch his actual individual performance, the guy just does not stop. He is absolutely phenomenal. Um, he does not stop. Uh, the levels that he puts in are absolutely insane. Um, he tracks back as well. His counter-attack in football is brilliant, um, and he's, he's always, always um, given 110%. Uh, Matt Grimes is centre in midfield again, uh, probably our midfield maestro. Everything goes through Matt Grimes. Um, performance levels can can drop every now and then, but when he is on form, um, he's, he's untouchable. The way that he can open up uh, positions in the midfield, create opportunities from, from absolutely nothing, bringing in the wide men into the play as well. Um, to be fair this season, and especially looking at yesterday's performance, every single one of them was a danger yesterday. Uh, the first half, uh, Ryan Bennett was a little bit of a uh, bit of a misfit and thought he was going to get sent off by the half by the halftime whistle. Um, but we've got a squad of players who are giving 110% every game, um, and that's all you can ask for as a fan of any team, I believe. You know, as long as those players are going out and committing and giving everything that he can do in those 90 minutes, you can't ask for much more. But um, danger men, you're going to have to watch out for those wing backs on Wednesday for sure. So, Tom, before we turn the attentions to the match um, on Wednesday, I just want to talk a little bit about off-the-field stuff. Obviously, long-term chairman, I think Hugh Jenkins is no longer involved with Swansea. But Swansea are owned, actually, by um, two Americans, Levin and Kaplan, who own uh, the closest MLS club to myself, DC United. Um, what are your thoughts on the American owners? Uh, when it was announced, it was a big deal. You know, American um, company, what was it? Um, consortium not company consortium coming in didn't know an awful lot about them at the time um, which i don't think anybody really did who was involved in this consortium but there's quite a few uh, big a-listers in there um big celebrities from america um you know investment into the club into any club has got to be the right type of investment um and we needed it at the time that it happened to be fair i mean hugh jenkins and the, and the previous board had done absolutely wonders with our club um you know, I think he was given like the businessman of the year award one of the years, um, or sort of that sort of award for the, for the, for the jobs that he had done uh, in charge of Swansea City. He was recognized globally for that. Um, we were making profits every single season. We were outperforming every previous season. Uh, every managerial appointment was the right appointment. Um, but the Americans come in, um, we were all hoping it was going to be this big investment, you know, plowing 60 million pound into a squad every every other transfer window, you know, maintaining Premier League status, pushing on and getting back into a, a European tournament. Um, and, you know, maybe getting another cup win under the belt. That was, you know, the sort of hopes that I think came with the news of the investment from the Americans. 
Um, but the reality of what came with it was bare minimum investment, if any whatsoever. Um, quite an awful lot of asset stripping every season, um, even before relegation from the Premier League. I mean, in our uh, going into our final season, we sold Fernando Llorente and Gilfie Sigurdsson. Um, Sigurdsson went for 45 million. I don't think any of that money went back into the club, into this playing squad that season. Um, we've just struggled every single year since they've been involved, um, financially anyway. You know, they, they've got the money there. The, the consortium have the money to invest, but we're not seeing it um, year after year, especially since we've been in the championship. Um, I, we, we're not, we haven't got the funds to spend. I think, you know, you're starting, it's like starting a FIFA season where you see that your, board, your, your club have given you £1 million to spend and their achievements are playoffs. Um, it, it, it's not realistic um, unless you've got the right, the right coaching staff and the right players on board. And thankfully, the last two seasons in the championship, We've appointed correctly, we've uh, recruited correctly, we've let the right sort of players go at the right times for the right value. Um, as you could see with Joe Rogan going just at the end of the tra January transfer window to Spurs for, for 20 million. Um, but, oh, I think if you asked, you know, on average 100 Swansea City fans, I'd say 95 of those would, would want the Americans out with the club. Um, even now, even sitting in third position uh, in the championship with, you know, a positive season ahead of us, uh, a positive season last season as well. I think 95, if not a few more of those 100 fans would want the Americans out today, um, if not, you know, as soon as possible. All we want is commitment from everyone at the club, you know, from, from, the, from the very top down to the very bottom. You know, we want the CEO, the investors, down to the groundsmen, down to the cleaners to give absolutely everything, whether it's match day on or not. Um, off the field, it's not been as pretty as it has been on the field. And thankfully, it's been positive on the field, which has taken, I think, um, the limelight off of the Americans quite a bit because they were a massive, massive target while we were in the Premier League struggling. Um, the fans were very vocal. There's videos uh, online uh, on numerous uh, YouTube channels of um, protests and obviously chants during the games uh, directed immediately towards the, uh, the Americans. It would be nice for them to make an appearance at the stadium, you know, once we are allowed uh, back into the grounds. I think they've made two appearances since owning the club, uh, which is fairly disappointing. It's not what you want to see. You want you want commitment from the top to the bottom, as I say. And when we don't feel like we're getting it from the board. I must admit on that on that point, <clears throat> that Derby going through their own kind of turmoil off the pitch as well as you, as you may well have kind of be aware of. But for me, that be that does feel a bit of a worry, especially in the position of, you know, Swansea make it back to the Premier League, if that be this season, next season. There's got to be that underlying worry that obviously the, the riches that come with that are, again, not going to be put into the Premier League when, obviously, you know, yes, they're needed to probably get out of the Championship. They're definitely going to be needed to to stay in the Premier League. Is there a little bit worry from fans that, you know, obviously, technically, Swansea going up might, might end up coming to... You know, be of a bit, bit of a backfire. Um, yeah, I mean that's a completely valid point. Um, from it's a very difficult, um, you know, decision. Ultimately, every fan wants to be on the bigger stage. Their club to be in the Premier League. It's what everyone wants from their club. Um, it's what footballers get into football for. They want to perform. They want to play. They want to play on the highest level. Do I want us to get promoted? Um, yeah and no. 
it's probably 60-40 in the favour of I'd rather stay in the championship. Um, why go into a league looking at fixtures at the start when they're announced and picking out eight winnable games um, when you can look at the championship and go, we can we can win every single one of those? Uh, you know, given whoever team you're in, if you've just come up from League One, given you're probably going to say we're going to win eight of those. But I would much rather be in the championship at the moment. The, the football's more entertaining. The fans are far more engaging. And um, I just I just much prefer the championship football. Um, the Premier League is the biggest stage in football. And, you know, we were up there for seven seasons, five glorious seasons, two were a, a slog and a struggle. Um and don't get me wrong, I would absolutely have loved Swansea City to to have stayed in the Premier League that season that we got relegated. Um, but as I say, going back to, to finances uh, and commitment from the board, we didn't have it when we were there, when we had what was good. So what, you know, we had no hope when we came down, absolutely no hope when we came down. What's it going to be like when we go back? Um, you can make the same mistake as many clubs have done and throw 60 million, 100 million at your squad and fight relegation all season. Or you can go at it as a smart business and recruit correctly, recruit where you actually need to strength. Um, try not to lose any assets, which you have uh, at the club. Um, but uh, you're going to need investment whether, whether you go up or not. I mean, we've dropped our academy down to a category B from an A, um, which I think from next season on is going to be if we don't go up, it's going gonna, it's gonna to really, really mess up our progress over the next few seasons if we stay in the championship. Because um, we have heavily relied on our, on our academy over the last few seasons and we've made, made profit and made an awful lot of money from our academy. Um, whether it's first team players who are still at the club or players who have, who have come through and, and moved on, like the likes of Dan James, McBurney, uh, Joe Roden, they're all, you know, they've all come through our academy and that's... You're talking close to 100 million or 90 million pounds just for those three players alone. Where's that investment gone? That's, they, they've only gone the last three seasons. Where has that investment gone? We've downgraded our academy. The, the stadium needs an awful lot of maintenance. The pitch, I don't know if you've seen it lately, guys, but we relayed our pitch to like a year and a half ago. It's, it's worse than Sunday League pitches at the moment. There's investment needed everywhere in that club. Um, Hopefully, you know, that the board would get on board um, and make those investments if we went up. Fingers crossed we can have a successful season. I don't want to, you know, be in third place now going in, you know, into the, a, a super busy period coming up to January, uh, losing a few players and, you know, slipping down out of the playoffs. That's not what I want for the Swans. Um, I'd love for us to be promoted this season. I'd love for us, you know, to either win the playoffs or go up automatically first or second. It doesn't really bother me. Um but I would miss the championship, I, and I'm fearful that we won't have the right investment uh, if we went up to the Premier League. Um, and if we don't go up, I'm also fearful that we're probably going to lose our manager and maybe a couple more of our key players. Um, it's a big, big uh, sort of talking point and a big decision. Do you really want to go up or do you not? As I say, I'm 60-40, I'm um, but I'm worried that we won't get the investment if we do go up from the board. I mean, is, is there any... It, you know, any inkling at all that I, I, you have to presume, obviously, the longer that Swansea are in the championship, the less money, apart from stripping assets, like you said, the, the less money that this board are obviously going to be taking out of the club and by the looks of it, you know, not, not putting it back in. And you know, is there any, is there any thoughts to that, you know, they might look to sell up if over the next couple of years, if Swansea were to not make it back to the Premier League, um, what they're hanging on for, you know, that big payout? 
I, th- I think I think you're right. I think, and I think that is probably the mentality and the thought of an awful lot of fans as well. They are waiting to cash out um, at the higher price. Obviously, uh, investors, excuse me, uh, investors, you you put your money in to get profit out, ideally, or if not, break even. Um, you never want to invest to lose money. It's poor business. It's not what anybody invests for. Um, but I'm really not sure. I, I don't see. I just don't know. I don't know how it's going to pan out. If I'm honest, mate, um, it's a really, really difficult, uh, difficult ask. I think it it does seem that way. And I mean, as I say, you know, with we're kind of going through a very, very similar thing. Whereas, but obviously, our chairman was obviously, you know, home of from Derby and things like that. But he just it gets to the point now where he kind of missed the boat with getting us promoted as such. And he is now obviously looking looking to pass it on, but there are thoughts you know, getting taken over by this Saudi consortium or whatever it may well be. Uh, sorry, not Saudi, um, Arab consortium. Yeah. And you know, if if that fills you full of riches, then you know, great. But I and I know me and Corey spoke about this when you know the news from Derby's point of view broke a few few months ago. Now, what's their real intention? Of, of taking over that football club when it's certainly a club like Swansea as well. You know, Derby are very, very similar, I think. You know, the fans are the ones that keep the, the club afloat. It's that kind of thing. And then, you know, somebody's coming in, waved a few million at it, taking it on, and they're using it as a, you know, as a as a toy in, in, the, in the back garden, basically. You know, it, that's how it feels. Yeah. Uh, it, it's certainly, from my point of view, obviously, you know, Swansea have had it for that little bit longer with how long they've been in charge. I know that was one of our main worries. It's great, throw the riches at it, but unless unless you do do a Man City or you do do a Wolves or something, you know, that really propels you into that top six Premier League, all, all these foreign owners that are coming in and not really putting that much money behind the club, that, you know, they've got it as an, they have got it as an investment, but it, it's, it's a bit of a disrespect for the fans and to the, towards the fans and it's treating them in a, my feelings are it's, it's you know they're treating it in the wrong way. It's not the way that a football club should be treated. You know, um, I think we feel like that as well. You know, we were as I say we were hopeful we were going to have the money bags thrown at us. Um, and once we found out who was in the consortium, you know, there's A-list celebrities, there's big business people. Um, you know, we just haven't had it. Uh, we just really haven't had it. But uh, just touch back on your last question. You know, if as I say, we've downgraded the, the academy. We've sold most of our assets. I mean, Andre Ayew's 30 years old. We're not going to make any money for him. And he's in his last year of his contract with us. Uh, the, the only players we're likely to make money on, again, are the ones who have come up from the academy. Uh, Connor Roberts, we may make money on the likes of Matt Grimes or somebody like that if they were to, to, to go as well. But we've really got no assets. Um, we've got no real money bags to, to get rid of ourselves. Um, and as I say, getting rid of the academy, not putting the investment in, the longer it does go on like this, the less investment, the less likelihood our squad is going to be. You know, we're going to end up going through a huge transition period if we stay in the, pre- in, the in the championship, which happens to an awful lot of clubs. You know, you've come down, you've been in there for three or four seasons, you've depleted all of your assets, all of your quality. You've got no investment. So what are you left with? You're left with whatever you can really scrap together. Um, free, free players, loan players, players coming up from your academy who are mediocre, you know, to say the least. Um, and you end up building a squad which is either fighting relegation or, you know, finishing mid-table. Um, and there's just 
you know, there's no ambition there at the end of the season. Um, but yeah, everyone wants investment, but they all want it in the right way, I think. So, Tom, looking at the game um, coming up here on Wednesday, uh, from a Swansea perspective, where's the game going to be won and lost? Uh, it can certainly be won uh, in our defensive duties. Um, obviously, best defence in the league, only 10 conceded in 18 games, uh, 10 clean sheets as well. Um, for Freddie Woodman, it's nine clean sheets. He has missed one of our games, but our defence is solid. As long as we've got fit players, um, the three at the back are absolutely phenomenal, no matter what three it is, no matter which three it is, whether there's a rotation between uh, Bennett, Cabango, um, or... Um, Sorry, Bennett Cabango, um, or the, the the right wing backs are swapped as well. We've got Norton who plays in the centre, uh, Roberts out on the right. Uh, Manning often switches with Bidwell out on that left hand side if there's any uh, injury niggles or any need for a rest. Manning has, has done a good job. Uh, he's not got the same attacking threat as Bidwell um, down that left hand wing, but his defensive duties uh, and he, he's getting involved in in the attack as well. So um, defensively, it's certainly going to be a, a, a an area where we can win the game. Um, going forward, obviously, the likes of Jamal Lowe uh, hitting two yesterday in the South Wales derby and Andre Ayew getting seven already for this season. Um, I think we've got a good good, good chance to win uh, the first game against you guys in, I think it would be seven opportunities. There's been uh, three defeats and three draws in the last six games. So hopefully we can uh, get some more positives out of the game on Wednesday and come away with the three points. But it's going to be it's going to be an interesting game. You know, a team down towards the bottom fighting, you know, relegation at the moment um, against a team trying to get into the top two and maintain a playoff uh, position. It's going to be one of those games, I think, um, hopefully we can get a positive result and it's not, you know, the typical, it's written in the stars already that Swans are going to lose 1-0. We hear that. We hear that quite a bit, Jason, don't we? That Derby mm-hmm. is struggling for form coming and, Oh well, we're scared that they're going to get ste- the 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 opposition's going to the opposition's frightened or worried that they're going to get steamrolled, and it hasn't panned out just too yet, except for Norwich. Um, Tom, before I hand it over to Jason for our world famous score predictions, um, like you say, Derby are near the foot of the table in the championship. What do you what do you make of that when you see Derby County second bottom in the championship? Uh, it's not what you'd expect um, from the name, you know, Derby County, Premier League, Premier League uh, big boys years ago. Um, and a really good team in the championship. You know they've got they've got the good they've got the squad. They've had the squad over the previous seasons. This year, um, it just hasn't clicked. You know Wayne Rooney's now in charge. Your results and your performances are getting a little bit better um, with a bit of luck. You know after after Wednesday, Derby can pick up a bit of form and get some positive results. Um, but it's it's unusual to see. Um, you know you get it every season. I think it was Stoke last year. What seventeen, eighteen games? Stoke were in a relegation battle, um, and you don't expect that from that size of club, that type of club. Um, and I think it's the same goes for Derby. All right, they haven't had you know the top level performances and been in the Premier League as recent as Stoke and teams like Swansea, um, but you just don't expect them to be down the foot end of the of the Championship table. Um, and it's not a team, to be honest. I'd like to slip down to League One. Um, I've always, I, you know, I've got a, I'm Welsh, I've got a soft spot for Welsh players. Uh, Savage was there for a few years. All right, we played against you guys and a crunching tackle went in on Savage a few years back. Um, but I, when there's even that little bit, you know, of um, a pull and, you know, relationship between clubs, 
I want them to do well. Um, I've got a soft spot for Birmingham because I've got family up there. Um, and, you know, just little things like that. When we play you, I want us to absolutely demolish you and bring home the three points. But there's certain teams that I would like to, you know, be performing and doing a little bit better in, in certain divisions. And Derby is certainly one in this division that I'd like to be a bit higher up the table. Yeah, so, so would we. <laughs> but, I mean, um, obviously... As Corey said, before we do, before we leave you, and we do a, we do a score prediction. Obviously, Corey Derby last season against Swansea, one-one um, draw at Pride Park early on. I think it was about the second or third home game for for Derby, if memory serves me right. Um, and then, of course, it was for Derby a, a famous away victory at at Swansea, which was the first in about 19 attempts or something stupid like that on the road under Philip Goku last season. So obviously for, for Derby, the, the likes, the team named Swansea um, is, isn't too bad, but I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm expecting, I'm expecting a very difficult, difficult game on Wednesday. Um, Derby's own form at this moment in time is nothing short of terrible. Um, I, I don't think we've uh, won at home since about. I know obviously COVID involved, but I mean we're looking about March. I think it's one win at home in the last fourteen or something ridiculous like that. Um, obviously we, we've had chances this season at home. We've played Wickham at home. Uh, no disrespect to these clubs, but we've played Wickham at home. We've played Coventry at home. We've played QPR at home. We've played Barnsley at home. We played Stoke at home yesterday, who we absolutely tore apart. We just couldn't put the ball in the net, uh, and that's been that's kind of been the the story of Derby over the last three months, really, um, really, 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 really struggling in front of goal, which, you know, when you're saying Swans is one of the best defences, and I agree with you, it just doesn't fill me full of confidence. So, I mean, score prediction wise, as I say yesterday, and over the last four or five games, I would have to say Derby, have, they've, they've put in a shift. They've put in a shift. Something isn't right up front. It's just not clicking. Uh, I mean, it, do we really see any signs of that changing? Not really. We look a lot better defensively. However, with a little bit of pace, uh, we we can be unlocked. We've, we've seen that over the last couple of games. A little bit of pace does unlock us. Um, and again, because of obviously this game every three days, kind of depends on... We do do squad rotation. We do make four or five changes near enough every game. So it kind of depends what 11 comes out on Wednesday um, certainly in a, in a back line I mean if you're looking at obviously Jamal Lowe what does he play plays out, out wide we're, we're looking I wonder if Craig Forsyth might come back in just as a bit more of a defensive because we tend to play with wing backs who, who like to bomb forward and we can get caught out quite easily um, and our centre-offs aren't the fastest so maybe we would look at the air of defence defensive side on on Wednesday Um I've got because say the last seven certainly it's been it's been a while since Swansea have won against Derby and they've always been one of those games I don't think over the last few years that I can remember even the ones that Derby have kind of got the results from don't really remember too many of them being fantastic games of football in all fairness um, I'd like to put my my heart my heart out there I think Swansea are going to be too hard for Derby to break down. We can't break down Stoke yesterday. We were all over the place, to be honest, defensively. Um, I'm going to go nil. I am going to go nil-nil on the side of Derby just starting to learn how to eke out results, even though performances 
possibly deserve a bit more than that. But something that we've been saying on the podcast, Corey, for, for the last four or five weeks, it's it's very, very slow and steady recovery for Derby. Um, I don't think we're necessarily playing like a bottom three side. But then again, if you can't put the ball in the back of the net, you ain't going to win football games. And that is why we're down there. So, yeah, I'm going nil-nil. Corey? Yeah, Jason, I agree with you. I think that Derby have tightened up the ship a lot. Tom, I think that's the one change you'll have seen from a Wayne Rooney Derby County to from a Philip Cockers Derby County is that um, the defense is a lot tighter. However, the goal scoring issues still have not – the goal scoring – the lack of goal scoring is still there, wherever, whoever the manager is. Um, and we talked a little bit about that off air, about the struggles to get that center forward in and stuff like that. And, you know, I agree. I think Swansea's really difficult nut to crack. I think that they're they're flying right now. I think RU and Low. I think the fullbacks um, will cause uh, will cause trouble as well. Um, and I and I, I do think that this Derby team will eventually concede. It's what three clean sheets on the bounce now, Jason. I think mm. three nil nils. Um, so I do think that that will break, and I think it will be a, a one nil to Swansea. I don't think Derby are going to get steamrolled because I think that they've tightened up. If Swansea had come and played Derby a month ago, it'd have been three oh, or four nil. Been all over, but yeah. I think I think now when you're looking at Derby being a lot more tight um, defensively, I think I think it's going to be a one nil a one nil Swansea win. Tom. Tom. Um, so I was super surprised to hear that uh, Derby's home form is as bad as it is. I was just taking a look when you were saying, um, and there's some really, really bad results uh, yeah. consecutively in there, obviously, before, while uh, Kaku was in charge. But uh, as you say, uh, Corey, since uh, Wayne Rooney has come in, um, you know, the, the ship has been settled as far as conceding. You know, you've got a few more draws under the bag there in the last, last few results. Was it four draws, one win in the last five? Yeah. So, you know, is, is that since Rooney has come in? Yeah. Uh, so that, well, the, I think, did he take charge of the Mill, Middlesbrough game where we lost 3 0? Right, right. Okay. So, you know, still. Um, and then the last after five, that, it was kind of, yeah. The last five really, really positive results. Uh, like us, uh, we've kept three clean sheets on the bounce. Uh, so, defensively, it's a good, a good matchup, you know, on recent form. So, Certainly, the game can be won from both sides defensively. Um, we're not both prolific in front of goals, so again, um, anything can happen. We are very good at, de- at uh, defending uh, set pieces this season, so that is a massive improvement um, over you know, the course of a, of a season and a half. Um, the way the game will go, um, I think we may have just a little bit too much of the ball and a little bit too much play for you guys tomorrow uh, on Wednesday. Uh, it's not going to be, you know, a prolific four-five, four-five goal game. Um, I can see maybe being a one-goal swing in it. I think, you know, Derby is, uh, I do a goal as well. We're due to concede, so I think two-one Swans uh, would be probably my my prediction. Looking at recent results, performances, um, and certainly taking you know, position in the table into account, I do think we've got the strongest squad at the moment. I think we're playing better. Better attacking football defensively, we are, you know, the best in the league for a reason at the moment. Um, whichever defence we go for, whether it's the three at the back, five at the back, whatever the three centre backs are, um, I did touch on it with Corey earlier on. I mentioned that Freddie Woodman is averaging 2.1 saves a game, um, which is largely down to how strong our defence is. And I think with our with our attacking threats in Andre and Jamal Lowe, I think we'll just be able to pip it on Wednesday night. I'm going for a, definitely a 2-1 Swans win. To be honest with you, it, it, it's very difficult to defend that that prediction. I, it, it can well happen. Um, 
I think the watch certainly from a Derby perspective, you know, the last couple of games that we've had, obviously Stoke, they're in the top top five, six. We played Brentford away, who, you know, we didn't we didn't get blown away by Brentford. Uh, we did, we deserved a point. You know, if either team would have won that game, actually, you probably could have said it was a fair result. So that's why I, I, I'm leaning a little bit on maybe a draw for Derby, but to be fair, their own form's not. Not the greatest. If it was at Swansea, I'd probably be a little bit more confident, strangely well, enough. Our, our home form is a lot better than our away as well. So, um, again, something else to take into account. It may very well be a draw. I I, I predicted a draw for the South Wales derby yesterday and uh, and that was on recent results and performances as well. And that ended up at 2-0 Swansea City win, exactly. thankfully. So, well, it's all yeah. on the day, in it? It's all the 90 minutes and who turns up. So. Of course it is. Of course it is. Well... They're the predictions in, and uh, of course, that is that is time up for this episode. Thank you very much, Tom, from Total Swans TV, for joining us, mate. Uh, it's Thank been fantastic much, to chat. Thank you very much. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. Thank you, guys. For, yeah, uh, for Tom, appreciate you coming on. You can find Tom, Total Swans TV, on YouTube and on Twitter. We'll make sure that we he's linked in the in the bio and the show notes. Tom, we appreciate you taking some time out on a Sunday to, to chat with us, especially after a roaring win uh, yesterday, which yeah. I know you're still recovering from. Yeah, a bit of a sore head earlier on this morning, but a few coffees deep and we're all right. So, Jason, appreciate you again, as always. I appreciate you because you are you are the main man here around these parts. Uh, but thanks again for taking some time on a Saturday. Um, and for everybody, that's all we've got time for today. I'm Corey for Jason and Tom. Tom, thanks again. Um, that's all we've got time for this week or for this episode. Uh, we'll be previewing the upcoming games in the next few days. Um, and until the next time we chat, up the Rams. Thank you for listening to the latest episode of the Rams Review Podcast. Please remember to get in touch on the socials. On Twitter, we are at RamsReview1. Our Facebook is Rams Review Podcast. Or you could drop us an email, ramsreview at hotmail.com. Until next time, thank you very much and up the Rams.